Hi, everyone. Just a reminder that this show is not legal advice, trading advice, financial advice, or personal advice. Enjoy the show, and thank you very much. This show is sponsored by LinkedIn, home of 70% of the U.S. workforce. Yo, yo, welcome to Crypto 101, the average consumer's guide to cryptocurrency. This is Matthew Aaron. And if you remember, about two months ago, we had on Doug Pike talking about the Byzantine General's problem. Well, we continued that conversation after we talked about the Byzantine General's problem and just talked about the market, the ups, the downs. We talked about Viracoin and Varium, how he funds it, how he pays for everything. And you know what? This is the perfect time to release this from the archives because he goes into the price of Bitcoin, his predictions of the market, and I think it's very relevant to the 6,300 Bitcoin we are seeing today and the fall from 10,000 about four to six weeks ago. So listen to this conversation with Doug, but before that, let's go to Crypto101Podcast.com. There you can join our social medias, our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. Please, if you're going to join the Facebook group, answer all three questions because if not, we're not going to let you in. Also, think about becoming a Patreon. Our Patreons are the backbone of our community. Like I've always said, they and the time where we don't have advertisements and people are not willing to donate to the show, they are keeping the show alive. And thank you very much. And don't forget to subscribe to us. Leave us a comment and a rating on iTunes. It helps us stay on the top charts. Thank you very much if you have done. And if you haven't, please consider doing so. And without further ado, here is Doug Pike. Doug, thank you very much for coming back on Crypto 101. Oh, it was my pleasure, man. It's always a good time, and I love the show. You know what you remind me of right now is, did you see the John Oliver skit? And there was that yeah, guy, yeah, that Dan guy. in the office. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty much Dan in the office, yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, Doug, uh, Even my boss, I've, like, I've like explained like uh, Bitcoin to my boss like a few times, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I just still don't get it. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Dude, you know you know we have a podcast called Crypto 101. Just send them our way. We'll take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, man, let's just, let's just hop into it. And uh, son of a bitch. You know what, Doug? This is the first time I've ever had a beer before an interview. <laughs> and I regret it. Honestly, I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing fine. Oh, I, I think well, thank you very fine. much. And I'm just like, Jesus, why did I do this? I should have been... You know, on my coffee, like well, so. Anyway, we, the, pro- the 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 time the time frame is is hard too because either you're falling asleep or or I'm falling asleep. <laughs> it's true, man. It's absolutely true. I remember our first conversation. I was up until two thirty a.m. Oh talking my to you. gosh, man! I had no idea you you were in that time zone when we when I did that. I was like, I felt so bad. Well, you were you were my first interview from a, my first interview for Crypto One Hundred One, and I was sitting there like, I gotta be, I gotta do this good. I was I was preparing. I was prepping, I was researching, I was waiting there to set up ready, and you delayed. I was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just nervous, and it it was just dragging on. (laughs) How's Viracoin and Virium? 
Uh, doing well, doing well. We got a lot of development stuff going on. The next Varium wallet is going to have P2P pool built into it. Okay. So it's like a single click to a decentralized pool so that you don't have to wait forever so for a, a solo mined block. And we're releasing a new version of the proof of stake time protocol shortly for Veracoin. And then we're going to basically, after those two are out, we're going to start the process of creating the binary chain, the link between Dope. Veracoin and Varium. Come yeah. on, man. Give us, a, give us a time frame of that one. This is why we're all into it. We're all really stoked about this. When's the time frame? So I think we have we have in the um, the year in review article on our site, we have some like Q3, Q4 is like when we're expecting to release it. You know, we're, we're basically working on it now, but especially after proof of stake time two drops, which is going to be within the next month or so, the wallet for it. And then uh, after the, the next Varium wallet, which is also going to be within the next month or so. And basically after that, we just kind of go full on to the integration. Part of the integration is going to be a prerequisite to it, which we're already working on, is porting uh, Vericoin and Varium to the newest Bitcoin core code base. So we're essentially upgrading, you know, we're taking our protocols effectively and putting them into the the newest version of the Bitcoin blockchain code base, you oh, know. Wow. You know, we get a lot of really good stuff out of that, like parallel syncing, and we get the um, HD keys, like, you know, the 15 to 20 words is your private key thing, and mm-hmm. a lot of under-the-hood stuff that'll really improve them. And because we're porting the protocols into the new Bitcoin code base, we're going to do a complete overhaul of the user interfaces as well. Are you talking about your wallets and stuff like that? Because your user interfaces are probably the best ones of any team so far. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm glad, <laughs> glad to hear you say that. We're going to try and make it a lot better. We're redesigning it from scratch. We have a designer working on it right now. And it's going to be themed more so like the Veracoin and Varium standalone wallets and their user interfaces are going to be themed in the binary chain user interface because we're going to still have the standalone wallets. They're still standalone networks, but then we're also going to release, as part of the binary chain release, we're going to release a codename Gemini wallet, which is basically a, a joint wallet that runs them both. Right on, and that's yep. going to be the primary like thing that we have people download, you know, because it'll allow them to mine and stake on the two separate networks and allow them to trade between Veracoin and Varium and all the cool stuff. <laughs> It's a bit of a UI task, so we're making the UI simpler so that when we have two coins in there, it's as simple as one coin, you know, right. as close as we can get to that. So, yeah, we have a lot of stuff coming over the next um, months. But, yeah, we're, we're targeting for, like, binary chain closer to the end of the year it being released. But there's a lot of steps that will be released approaching it uh, over the course of the year. Right on. So if you need a tester for any of those Gemini wallets or any of those chains or whatever, send it over our way. We'll be happy to test and give you feedback. A personal question. Virium went up to $19 in January. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Viracoin was at $230, $250, something like that. Or did it get higher? Viracoin transiently transiently hit like five bucks. But that was like real. Yeah, yeah. That was like really transient. I I didn't see that one. But yeah. so so d- did you capitalize on any of that gain? Yeah, I mean, I have a strategy where I'm selling a small percentage 
on like any major runs. So I'm, I'm mostly holding my coins over 90% holding, um, but I'm selling like small percentages on big runs so that I can pay myself, you know, or make my life easier and or buy back in a little lower. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'm holding because, you know, I think in the long run, you know, it could easily be a lot higher. And also in the case of Veracoin, you know, I could stake it. So, so right. there's that as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I first started Veracoin, I set up a system. It's changed over the years. When I first started, it was like 10%, but I've whittled it down now to like less than 5%. Every Mm -hmm. time there's like a tripling of the price within like a month, something Mm -hmm. like that. So basically, I'm never really selling coins at a low price, and I'm never really selling a lot of coins. Um, But when I am, the volume's high, the price is high. Because that was was an amazing price. I mean, I haven't been holding that long, you know, almost a year. But that was insane price, and I did not capitalize, and I kind of kicked myself. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah. You know what? I mean, last time we spoke, I was talking about the coming bear market, like, uh, and uh, yep. <laughs> and now it's like now we're really. I, think, I, I, I am it. your support. That is for that is for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think I actually think we're heading into buy. We're heading into buy zones now. Um, so oh, you, you think you I'm, think we're I'm, going lower? Yeah, yeah. I think I think every, I think Bitcoin's going lower, which basically means everything's going lower. Yeah, I think so too. Um, shit, yeah, we just funded um, the market, and I'm gonna get shit on fucking Twitter from this. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. I, I am gonna. I'm in the process of writing a blog post. It's gonna be titled something like "On the Theory of Bitcoin's Value" or something cool like that. But basically, I'm gonna. I'm going to write up a pretty in-depth blog post with a lot of calculations and correlations and, you know, statistical significant correlations on what I think true value of Bitcoin is and how you can calculate it. But the long story short is I 100% believe the primary factor for Bitcoin is the cost of production. And you can look up the cost of production theory of value on Wikipedia Basically, it costs a certain amount of electricity to produce every Bitcoin, depending on how the difficulty, how many miners or the total computational power on the network. And anytime the price is above that cost of production, it's basically, you know, some degree of speculation on top of the true value. Because what I've seen is that in 2014, 2015, the Bitcoin price goes down to the cost of production value and then flatlines on it. And then then a halving happens. The supply gets cut in half. Then the cost of production has to double for miners to still make profit. It starts to go up because they don't want to sell their coins for too low anymore and then we go into another speculative bubble hmm. for the next year or so so when do you think so this gonna is going to happen you think this is this year next year so i'm so basically I'll, I'll put all this i'll put all these projections in the blog post but oh, basically okay. we, we can't tell you no no no, no, no. Gonna... no i'll tell you no i'll tell you right now <laughs> no 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 um, no no but, no, but no, like, no no we don't want to ruin, ruin it for everybody I mean, if you tell us now we don't have to read the blog no no it's cool it's cool i'll just tell you because <laughs> i don't know how many people are going to actually find the blog <laughs> well you're, but, you're um, it's going to be posted on crypto 101 blog so Okay, cool, cool. I'm going to have like more precise calculations on, on this estimate, and all it can ever be, of course, is just an estimate. This is not financial advice. <laughs> um, but Never. Uh, <laughs> But no, I mean, me personally, my personal theory is based on the cost of production uh, theory of value for Bitcoin over the next year. You know, there'll be ups and downs, but over the next year or two, we will coast down to the three to five thousand dollar range for Bitcoin. We'll flatline around there when we literally are flat for months. 
and we're at a low, a relatively low price like that, that's when we're going to know that this is pretty much the break-even point for miners. Oh, and then, Doug, and then basically, I shouldn't have talked to you today, man. Really, you said just wait, like wait, there's good, another Bitcoin. There's, no, no, there's a rainbow at the end of this, though. <laughs> oh, um, there better can be, man. <laughs> or, or there's a, or you could say there's a pot of gold at the end of this. I'm rainbow. about to jump out of my fucking window right now. <laughs> All right, we're in the we're in the stormy cloud right now, but there's a rainbow and then there's a pot of gold. So when it flatlines out, you know, we're probably at the you know roughly the average break-even point for miners. But then in 2020, okay, this is a ways off, but in 2020, there's going to be another halving, mid-2020, okay? Suddenly, the supply is cut in half, which means the miners now have to sell their coins for twice as much. So 2020, we're going to start another run. And I think the, I think the, the 2020 into 2021 run will go up on the order of like 100k per bitcoin kind of thing so First, so if you're if that's you're, amazing i own no bitcoin my alts are not going to make it until then my <laughs> I, I hope my virium does <laughs> well i also estimate that the cost of production for varium is around two dollars you know my guesstimate is the varium break-even price point roughly right now is around two dollars that makes sense it's um, always just like yeah. flatlining around there way i'm looking at it is you can never play it perfectly you can't also look back and and with regret but what oh. you can do oh, is man. look towards the future with lessons learned buy up coins cheap average your buy-in down and then if you think that the coins that you're in will make it you know which is a question of course then you know just wait a couple years and you'll be very happy that you did is basically the way i'm looking at it let's hope all of our alts and all of our financial situations don't change so we have to start cashing out our altcoins and whatever coins we use to to buy bread and milk and uh ipas that's the (laughs) trick kind of you you almost have to be financially comfortable enough so that you don't actually have to sell coins in a trough. That's kind of one of the tricks. So like what I would suggest for people is when they do have profit, pay off some debt. Don't like get the Lambo, get rid of the credit card debt, get rid of the student loans, get rid of the bills so that when the market is relatively low, you can just kind of hold or do whatever you need to do, whatever you think. But survival is not like, you know, knocking at your door as much. I mean, if this was financial advice, which it isn't, this is what you would do. Of course. I understand. (laughs) (laughs) And now a word from our sponsor, LinkedIn. Have you tried to hire somebody lately? It's hard. Finding the right candidate to fit your needs is a trying task. But did you know that LinkedIn already has 70% of the U.S. workforce on it? And businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than other job boards at delivering quality candidates. So next time you're looking for the right person, try LinkedIn. 22 million professionals view and apply for jobs on LinkedIn every week in every industry, even yours. And Well, mine? Maybe I can look for another podcasting job. You already know that LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network. Well, it's also a great way to find talent. Just ask any of the hundreds of thousands of businesses who have posted on LinkedIn jobs over the past year. Because LinkedIn considers skills, experience, location, and more to match and promote your job to potential candidates, 
Like I said, businesses rate LinkedIn jobs higher than other job boards at delivering quality candidates. So go to linkedin.com slash crypto and get $50 towards your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash crypto for your $50 credit today. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to the show. So just a quick question about um, Veracoin as well. How, how do you fund Veracoin? I mean, is there a pot that is company held and when the price goes up, you sell a little to you know pay for developers or you know, designers or what have you? So when we released Varium, we offered a swap to Veracoin holders for Varium. So basically people could give us six Veracoin for one Varium, which ultimately the supply ratio is one in 10. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was like, uh, you know, lower than that. And a bunch of people took. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we we swapped 500,000 or so Varium for Veracoin. And then the community, the developers, it's basically like a shared resource. We stake that. We spent some of it over the years, but most of it we just can only stake. That was like the agreement when when we did the swap. Actually, 50% is just held for staking. So then we have in perpetuity revenue from interest on on the staked funds so we did some initial spending like to get the marketing stuff going and and some development and and some you know get get our infrastructure up but primarily we only spend um now uh just interest right on all right cool man i didn't mean to go all personal open your company finances and things like this it's not a company it's currency but I didn't mean to, but yeah. that's very informative. I really appreciate that. We like this approach because number. So the problem with, in my opinion, the problem with ICOs is if you create a token and you accept ETH or BTC to sell that token and you raise a lot of money, you can use that BTC or ETH in theory to pump your token. So you can you can artificially inflate the value of your token with money that was given to you from the ICO investors. And then why did um, I not ever think of this? It's kind of a subtle thing that no one thinks of. Not many people think of, especially, you know, you you almost have to, like, think through the whole process to to realize it. Are you sure that everybody has thought about this and you're not just telling everybody what to do now? No, no. (laughs) Almost everybody who has done an ICO has, if not realized it before, definitely realized it after all this BTC came in. Mm. (laughs) But the problem is, is that they could take, say, 10% of their revenue from the ICO, inflate the price of their token. Presumably, they have some of the token as well. They gave them 
themselves it for free. So they can actually make more money by investing that 10% or whatever amount into pumping their own token. So, so they basically okay. get their Bitcoin back and pump their token. And then because their token price is going up, everyone jumps in and says, this is the dawn of a new age. Now they can just take all those tokens and, you know, dump them. So um, wait, I got another question. So it is... Could they do that in the pre-ICO uh, stage or the ICO stage as well? Is just like take the F that's coming in and then buy their own I ICO tokens so that it looks like they're going to reach their hard cap? They could. Yeah, they could. Son um, of it a depends. bitch. Are you serious? Yeah, it's, that's a little trickier because people tend to watch the addresses that the ETH and BTC get paid into um, to see if they move and stuff. So it's a little it would be a little trickier trickier to do it in, you know, in the pre-sell phase or whatever it is, like in the, you know, the pre-launch phase. But certainly they could. I mean, nothing's going to stop them. They hmm. might just have to, you know, have a, right, different a justification or, for the coins right. moving or, or, yeah, mix it or something. Yeah, right. But it's not it's not difficult. Let's right. Put it that way. So in our case, we did a swap for Veracoin, which prevented us from being able to like we were basically forced into a situation out of transparency where we couldn't even even if we wanted to, we couldn't inflate the price of Varium without deflating the price of Veracoin. And we ho were holding Veracoin in in the swap. So we, we basically created a, a swap model, mostly so people knew that we were doing it on the up and up. Um, I just want a couple more opinions uh, from you because, you know, that's very interesting what you think about the market. To tell everybody that they're going to have to wait until 2020, I, I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> um, I hope that's not the case. I hope you're wrong, Doug. I really hope you are. I really need to cash out of something. But what do you think, you know, being in almost the same situation as, say, Charlie Lee, right? He sold his mm -hmm. Litecoin. He sold it at 330. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say he had a million of those things and he has $330 million <laughs> just hanging out there because, right, you know, right. that's what people do, I guess, these days is have $330 yeah. million. Um, <laughs> what do you think of the, the Charlie Lee uh, selling all of his Litecoin? And would Doug Pike do the same? I don't, I don't actually know what the situation is with that. I had mixed feelings about it myself because at one, to one extent, it was like, you know, he no longer has skin in the game. Obviously, we're, no one's really questioning his commitment to the project. And in fact, he's now like just a full-time developer for Litecoin. And I also know it was reported on Twitter from someone in the Litecoin Foundation that he donated a lot of money to the Litecoin Foundation as well. So um, I think he, you know, did it in the right way. But I'm kind of more in favor of like the Steve Jobs approach, which is be paid a dollar a year, but mostly hold Apple stock, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I'd rather go by that model. Um, in the case of Veracoin, you know, if Veracoin price goes high enough, etc., you know, the interest I earn from my Veracoin could be a significant revenue stream from myself personally. If things worked out that way, I could potentially just work for Veracoin full-time and never cost a penny which would be good man it would be great to have you full-time at virium of Veracoin. yeah yeah i'm definitely uh gonna get my phd first and then <laughs> figure out figure out what i'm gonna do with my, when i grow up you know how, how much longer <laughs> on, on your phd how old are you doug 35 jesus so, you're younger than me really yeah man <laughs> how old are you i'm 38 you look way younger than me dude <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, that's a good thing. I, for so, I, I thought you were like 23, dude. I hope, I hope I don't carry myself that way all the time. No, no. No, you're actually... Well, I, I was I, I was, was a mature 23, that, right? No, I mean, you look young. And then I was surprised that your interview was so good. 
but now it makes a little more sense. Like you, you, you know, you have some years uh, on life and stuff. What does your wife think about all this? I mean, your family. I mean, when I, I always th- thought about this, and I've never actually talked to you on a personal level. Like, so yeah, what does your family think about like the whole PhD smashing protein and having a cryptocurrency? What does your wife think? And what does your wife do? I mean, is she just like Doug's just a crazy dude that I I love, but. What the hell does he do half the time? Or is she like a doctor as well? And she's smashing proteins and, and mining and mining virium. Like what, 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 how's the dynamic? She's primarily a stay-at-home mom right now. She got a psychology degree. And um, she's kind of like the, you know, Doug's crazy, but I love him kind of a deal. But actually, she understands <laughs> a fair bit way way more than the average person cryptocurrency and also my my scientific research you know she she can understand uh, both things quite well and my family everybody thinks it's cool i mean my family the vast majority of them are holding varicoin or varium or both um and like the ones that i'm close with like my cousins that i never see you know they probably i don't even know if they know that i i do this but uh, you know my closer family let me let me just read into that a little bit you created a cryptocurrency that is traded on multiple exchanges that has uh millions of dollars of market cap and most of your family don't even know about it well my like distant extended <laughs> family you know like I if it was me didn't. i'd be sending them christmas cards saying hey i, I have a cryptocurrency <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's actually complicated when I personally don't really try and get people to buy coins. Like, I just don't do it um, as a rule. But what I do do is I explain the technology to people. And if they think that it has value, then, you know, maybe they'll invest in whatever. But I realized early on that I don't want to be like a broker, you know, like a lot of people who don't do their own research, family members, whatever would just depend on me to be their analyst, essentially, you know? So, and I don't want to, like, make a mistake and then everybody, like, you know, lose money and stuff. So so I literally didn't tell anyone to buy Veracoin, not even my family. But I would explain what I'm doing when they're interested. (laughs) And in many cases, that resulted in them wanting to get on board. I will let you know that my mom bought $500 worth of (laughs) Veracoin. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Which you sold, by the way. In, in, in so, no, I didn't. You're, you're I actually welcome. Didn't, I actually did not sell. I haven't sold any Varium. I haven't sold much at all, but I haven't sold any Varium above 350 just so you know. Um, I, 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 I could have, but, okay, I, that's, that's but cool, I, I feel like... My mom bought it at like, 380 Okay. <laughs> so the other thing regarding my cost of production theory of value, which is modeled on the exponential computational power growth of Bitcoin, is basically if the mining power continues to exponentially grow, which I expect it will because still a small fraction of the world even knows what Bitcoin is, let alone is like mining it and, and, and whatnot or setting up companies to mine it, what have you. I think we've got you know a number of years for exponential growth of mining to continue, which means that the cost of production will continue to exponentially grow, which to me means the value will continue to exponentially grow, Mm -hmm. then in a way, all the legit currencies have to do is hold relatively their value in Bitcoin. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. goes down when Bitcoin plummets. They even go down in Satoshi. But like Veracoin, for instance, we've been around for four years. And I think our bottom, our our all-time bottom after initial like first few weeks was 2k satoshi and then our 
all-time high and satoshi was like 50k um it's a big range but like essentially we 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 live in that space Mm -hmm. if we continue to live in that space and bitcoin in 2021 goes up like say over 100k vericoin could easily be ten dollars varium could easily be a hundred dollars and so on so we don't even necessarily have to grow like crazy in satoshi to get to these points we basically just need to, and this isn't our goal, but in my view, we just need to at least hold our Satoshi home, you know, our range. And over time, we will do well. I've always loved loved the idea of your project and everything. When does the Viracoin and Virium people make the push to make this a currency, make this a spend? Because I honestly don't yeah. see much of this. I see that you're developing the tech, the back end and all that stuff, but yeah. when, do, when can I go buy a beer with it? And when do I have the tools to be able to say, tell my bartender, hey, use this, let me scan a QR code and buy a beer at your bar because I have this awesome mobile app or I have this technology yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so we're we're working on the mobile apps right now. We had a Veracoin mobile app that was done by a third party, you know, in collaboration with us. And then they went AWOL and oh, you got screwed. it was a, we didn't get screwed, but like, we had support issues because they created the app so that the private keys were decentralized. You know, the people who had the wallet controlled their keys. So people didn't really lose coins, but you hit the bear market and people disappear. So we take like a conservative approach where we do most things in house now. And, you know, for instance, the the port to the new Bitcoin code base is a prerequisite for us to do the legit mobile wallet that's in house. And the reality is there's two things. One is we are not at mainstream adoption point yet you know so we in my view we have time to build um, before to build because the technology only started in 2009 i mean it's not like this is like go to market in 2010 you know it's in in our case we're doing new protocols both in proof of stake and in proof of work and there's bugs there's maturity of the protocol there's there's a lot of back-end things um there's also user experience user interface no one has really solved this problem like the UI suck, you know what I mean? Oh my God. Um, yeah. So like we're really trying to tackle all these things in a like really serious way. It takes a lot of time and a lot of work. And we're kind of more so planning for usage when we're ready, which is going to be more so around the time that actual people are interested in using it. And also by that time, we expect, for instance, our Faircoin value to be significantly higher. And then we have more resources, you know, and we have interest coming in from it. And so we have like this long term feedback loop of growth right. plan. Just to finish off your question, there's another huge aspect of this. You cannot like one group of developers or core community members, like one handful of people cannot lobby every merchant in America or Taiwan or anywhere to accept some digital currency. So the only <laughs> way it's actually it's, it's a chicken and an egg thing. And I've concluded that it's not the egg it's the chicken and the chicken is the community basically like you have to basically build out from the ground up you have to grow the community to the point where the community kind of organically ends up requesting merchant acceptance and things like that and then the market saturation is grassroots that's really the only way to do it so in what, my what's, opinion so you're going to be on the bitcoin core network right no the bitcoin core code base 
what I mean by Bitcoin core code base is Veracoin and Varium and most other coins, Litecoin, etc. Even Ethereum, it's not literally based on the Bitcoin code base, but it's essentially functions written in different languages that are the same as Bitcoin for the most part. You know, so everyone is in one way or another based off the Bitcoin code base. In our case, we're literally a fork of Bitcoin, you know, where we put proof of stake time in it as opposed to proof of work and Varium where we put proof of work time and with script squared as opposed to SHA-256. But we forked off of Bitcoin years ago and have been doing some security updates and such. But we're basically now kind of catching up our blockchain code base to Bitcoins with our protocols on top. We're doing an overhaul of the blockchain code base, which is not something we really did any innovations in. We did protocol innovations, but not blockchain innovations. So we can just take the improvements that have been made on Bitcoin for the blockchain low-level code and port those in and then kind of have a lot of housekeeping stuff highly optimized. Right on, right on. I don't know if I have anything more to ask you. We've already talked for probably about an hour and a half or under hour 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think that's, that's enough, cool. man. I, I apologize again. No, this is good, man. No, it's man, I always, I always enjoy talking to you. And like, it's really cool to pick people's brains and you know see what's going on with the coins and things. But let's end this officially. Douglas Pike of Veracoin Averium, thank you very much for coming on Crypto 101 and wrapping up with us about another problem that we had a question with, and you answered it magnificently. Thank you, sir. Uh, no problem. My pleasure, man. It's always always fun to be on the show. Excellent, man. We'll talk to you later, and you have a good night. You too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. As always, ApogeeCrypto.com, A-P-O-G-E-E, Crypto.com, the best place to check your real-time prices. Oh, $6,300 Bitcoin today. I just checked in. I am going to buy some. Hope you're buying some too. CryptoNews.com, the best place to check your news. You can go over there and check out why people think there's a $6,300 Bitcoin. And if you're looking for a website, look for June at WPOnTheFly.co. In our next episode, we have on Brock Pierce. And Brock is one of the most influential people in the space right now and one of the wealthiest. So look for that conversation and get a 101 on Brock Pierce. We'll see you in the next episode of Crypto 101. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.